Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. Having an anxious child can be tough. It's hard to see your child suffer and it's difficult to manage so that they can continue to live an ordinary childhood, doing all the things that kids do going to parties, school, playdates. According to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, anxiety disorders are the second most common disorder in Australian children aged 5 to 14 and the most common disorder among girls. Dr. Kayleen Henderson is a child psychiatrist and mum of three. She helps many children get a handle on their anxiety. Hi, Kayleen. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me on on your podcast. I'm delighted to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. To start with, how would you describe anxiety? What does it look like in children? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the first thing to, I guess, mention from the get-go is that anxiety is a universal human phenomenon. It is a normal emotion that, you know, is well designed to keep us alert to danger and therefore to keep us safe. Um, I guess the where that becomes problematic is when it starts to happen in the wrong amounts or in the wrong kind of places for our children. And I think that's the message I often often try to impart when I speak with parent and educator audiences is to share with children that anxiety is completely normal and it's really the goal is never about eradicating anxiety from our children's lives because that actually wouldn't be helpful at all, but about being in control of our anxiety rather than the other way around. So where we see that not happening for our children, um, I mean, it can certainly present in very different ways depending on the age of the child, their language ability, their experience with anxiety, you know, whether they know the words to use. But certainly it can present in many different ways as as you alluded to. Sometimes we see it presented quite physically in children. They complain about um, you know, a sick feeling in the tummy or headaches or they're not sleeping well. Sometimes we see, you know, children appear anxious. They look fidgety or on edge or they might follow us around the house seeking reassurance constantly. Sometimes they're, they're able to tell us what it is that they're frightened of. And then, again, there are other times where we see it played out in their behaviour where they might just seem really on edge all the time, be really quick to lose it. Um, We might feel like we're walking on eggshells around our children. So it it really depends on a number of factors. And you're right in in what you're suggesting there. It can certainly present in very different ways in our little individual children. One thing that I've noticed amongst my peer group anyway is that those who had anxious or slightly anxious children prior to the pandemic and the different lockdowns have found that their kids were happy as Larry when they were staying at home with them. But when the lockdowns were lifted and they needed to go back to school and then parties started happening, extracurricular things started happening, that that was all too much. And so it appeared that the anxiety was exacerbated from the lockdowns and from the pandemic. Is that what has happened? Do you think it's that the lockdowns have made it harder for kids with anxiety? I think the lockdowns provided a way for our children to avoid confronting their anxiety on a daily basis and we know that when we avoid anything that makes us feel nervous or when we feel anxious, 
we cease to feel in control of that. You know, we lose our confidence and that's the same for adults. If we avoid a situation that makes us feel anxious for long enough, we completely lose our confidence in that particular area. Um, and children are no different. So absolutely, if it was already a bit anxiety provoking, heading off to school each day, heading into parties, feeling like you're the centre of attention, worrying about saying or doing the wrong thing, um, you know, all of those situations that we commonly see in our children. And then we've thrown a long period of avoidance into the mix, albeit, you know, through, um, you know, <laughs> it's through the universe rather than any fault of, of anyone's. Um, yeah, absolutely. That can make stepping back into life just enormously difficult for our children. Even in children who were kind of on top of their anxiety before, it can feel like you've taken, I was going to say two steps back, but I'm sure for some families it feels like you've taken 20 to 30 steps back with your children trying to emerge out of that lockdown and that, that's really difficult. And we've seen that played out with, um, you know, waiting lists for psychologists and psychiatrists. They're horrendous at the moment. There's just such demand. There's just such need, sadly, because it, it is absolutely an anxiety-provoking time for so many of our of our children. You talk about um, the avoidant behaviour being inevitable during lockdown. I think one thing that can be quite challenging for parents is to know with an anxious child um, when to encourage them to push through that ang- that avoidant behaviour and when to be their safe place. Do you have any um, advice on how you determine whether it's the right time to encourage your child to try and when it's like, it's okay, you can sit this one out, just stay with me and and help, I guess, co-regulate that anxiety? Yeah, that's such a good question because that's so hard as a parent, isn't it? We want to still be their go-to person. And for many of us, we get it as well. We, we get what it feels like to feel overwhelmed with our own anxiety perhaps so it's it's really easy to sympathize with our children and to want to spare them I guess from the discomfort that anxiety brings in those situations what I always suggest for parents though is knowing that avoidance makes things much harder for our children to feel in control to feel confident when it comes to their anxiety is rather than feeling like you need to push your children into situations or to kind of sit back with them, there there is an in-between. And that in-between place is about positioning yourself, simply using your language, alongside your child so that you can always be their cheer cheer squad, you're always their go-to person, but you are kind of moving forward with them, encouraging them to move forward. So the way I suggest that parents do that is to use language like, I know this is really tricky for you, but I also know you really want to feel braver when you head into these parties. Um, And I want that for you too. So how can we go about this, do you think? What do you need to do? How can I help? Um, You know, I think you've got this. I know it feels hard, but you're you're an amazingly capable kid and you've got this. It's really about being alongside and empathetic with your child, towards your child, but always helping them to confront their fears and to grow in confidence along their way while being their, you know, their number one, you know, number one fan on their cheer squad. It's difficult though. Our kids are often looking to us to answer all the questions. So whether that's knowing what's happening in grade four maths, which I certainly do not know, or 
lot harder than it used to be. <laughs> a lot harder. Or that they've got a sore ankle or, for example, they're feeling anxious. Um, and you as a parent probably know where their particular com- complaint is coming from. You know, they've got a sore ankle because they're just wrestling with their brother. They've got a sore tummy because they're feeling anxious. Are there any, I guess, practical things we can do with them, any exercises that you would suggest we do with them? Because they're asking us for a solution and we can say, you know, uh, I know with my daughter in the past, um, if she's been anxious about going to school, I've let her wear one of my bracelets. And I've said, here, you can touch this and think of me when you're at school and that will keep us connected. And it feels like that was just something that she wanted to hold on to. It was an answer I could give her. In that context, are there any things you'd suggest that we do with our kids when they come to us and we know that whatever they're complaining about has come from a place of anxiety? Yeah, and I think it depends on whether or not you have a child who is usually in control of their anxiety and is being confronted with a situation that's that's feeling overwhelming for them. For example, being going off to school camp for the first time, in which case being the one who provides the strategy is is completely fine. I think where we've got to be careful is if you have a child who's frequently anxious and who isn't in control of their anxiety, if they are constantly seeking reassurance from you and you are constantly providing it as a parent, which is natural enough, we all want to help our children feel better. The downside to that is your child isn't learning to control their anxiety. Your child is learning to come to you to control their anxiety which doesn't leave them any better equipped when they are at school or they are on school camp or, or they're essentially away from you because you've become effectively their anxiety management strategy. Going to you has become that strategy. So that's actually not what we want to do for our children if they do experience anxiety you know, a fair bit in their lives. So in those situations, what I'd suggest instead is that the aim is just to really upskill our children, to teach them about what anxiety is, to teach them that it's normal, um, to teach them that there's, their job really is just to learn to be the boss of it, to be in control of it. And there's a couple of really simple ways they can learn to do that. The first way is simply to slow their breathing down because we know when children are feeling anxious, uh, they're physiologically wired to start breathing more rapidly, to be able to take in more oxygen for our soon-to-run-or-fight muscles. It's, it's, you know, it's great wiring that we have. But when we take in too much oxygen, it kind of puts that oxygen carbon dioxide level out of whack and we can start to feel lightheaded, tingly in our fingers and toes, you know, all the kind of, um, you know, yucky feelings that come with feeling anxious often come from that as a bit of a side effect of breathing too quickly. So one of the quickest ways we can encourage our children to get back to feeling better physically is simply to slow their breathing down. So teaching them to do that, and that can take our little ones a little while, particularly if they're if they're young. They may need a bit of practice with that at times when they're not feeling anxious, just so they know what, what kind of breathing to do when it does hit. Uh, and the second thing that is really helpful if we can teach it to our children is simply to reflect on what they're telling themselves. Because what we, how we feel is a product of what we're telling ourselves. So we can kind of work backwards there and say, gosh, gorgeous, it looks like you're feeling a bit anxious. What is it that you're telling yourself? And then getting them to ask themselves two questions. Is that helpful and is that accurate? Now, most of the time, 
for children who are frequently anxious, whatever they're telling themselves habitually is neither of those things. It will generally be something quite catastrophic. And those habits, you know, they're breakable. And it's best if we do teach our children to break those habits while they're young rather than have them, um, you know, go on for years as they do for many of us. So it's simply about prompting them in the moment to use the anxiety management skills that you want them to become more skilled at using so that when they are away from you, when they are on school camp, when they're wherever they might be, they know what to do to manage their own anxiety levels, to be in control. So simply saying something like, you know what, gorgeous, I've noticed you've mentioned that a couple of times. It sounds like you're feeling a bit worried about it. Do you remember what you're going to do when you're feeling anxious? You're going to slow your breathing down and you were going to just check in with what you were thinking, whether or not that was helpful or accurate. And if it's not, you were going to tell yourself something more helpful and accurate. Do you remember? Do you want me to stick with you while you do that or have you got this? And again, it's just about upskilling, kind of coaching from the sidelines so that ultimately our children become better equipped to manage their anxiety rather than being on, reliant on us to do that for them. I think as parents we can um, become so involved with our children. I mean, they are, for most of us, our priority. And so we can be super focused on them and what they're experiencing. And so if your child is going through an anxious phase or you've noticed that they're quite anxious generally, I feel like we can sometimes start thinking my child is anxious, not my child has anxiety or they're going through a phase like I mentioned before, because it can feel never ending. It can feel like this has just become a part of who our child is. So what would you say to parents who've fallen into that way of thinking that they almost look at their child and see them as they're just anxious and this is something we're going to have to manage forever. Yeah, that's such a that's such a great point. Um, our children, you know, our children are so much more than their than their individual emotions, aren't they? But what I've what I've personally discovered too is when you see someone as anxious rather than seeing someone as experiencing too much of a normal feeling which is what which is what what it is then we can start to respond very differently to them and particularly as a parent what I've discovered is if you feel like you're constantly walking on eggshells around your child or you feel like because of their anxiety they are less capable perhaps than their non-anxious siblings or their non-anxious peers then we can start jumping in and doing too much for them, helping them too much, protecting them from anxiety-provoking situations and, you know, obviously fueled by our love for them and our need to, you know, it's, a, it's an inbuilt need to protect our little ones, isn't it? I, I completely get that. But we can inadvertently deprive them of opportunities to gain confidence, to gain a sense that they are competent, little humans who can you know who can master these tricky situations in life so we can actually deprive them of opportunities too to build resilience and by doing that we can kind of extend that period of anxiety in their lives rather than helping them with it and I'm glad you raised it because many of us do this completely unknowingly you know it's the last thing we would want for our children but it is really important as parents to take a step back I think and see our children as simply experiencing too much of a normal emotion 
you know, that, that person who's affected as being competent, capable, resilient, amazing, and all the things that we want for them and seeing what we can do to be able to provide them with more opportunities for mastery. So having a look at how we can help children only just enough for them to figure things out by themselves, how we can help them learn about anxiety and just upskill with their anxiety management strategies, how we can build their resilience um, by providing them with opportunities to tackle tricky stuff. You know, that's really important for our children. They need that. And they need it not just for their, you know, to grow into the wonderful independent adults we want them to be one day, but they also need it just to overcome the extent of their anxiety that they're feeling at the moment. So I've, it's a funny one. I've found sometimes as a parent that to help my children more, I need to help them less, if that makes sense, which is, which is it seems counterintuitive, but, but it actually, you know, sometimes it's, it's the right thing to do. Kayleen, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. That's child psychiatrist Dr. Kayleen Henderson, and you'll find links to her website in the notes of this episode. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.